You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're going to be talking about sales. We're going to be talking about sales for personal trainers. Not so much marketing, not so much outreach and trying to find people, but point of contact sales. And I think this is an important topic because we've had conversations about this before, and I'm just afraid maybe we don't talk about it enough, and we still get questions about it. So I was very fortunate to be on a podcast last week on the Health and uh, Fitness Redefined podcast with Anthony Amen. And it was our friend, Kim Aquila, that connected us, who is a sales rep for NASM, and said, oh, y'all got to connect. So we did, and he invited me to be a guest on his podcast, and we had a great time. And he, I was like, let's reciprocate this, but what's a topic we can talk about? And first thing, without missing a beat, he was like, I want to talk about sales. And I was like, oh, okay, let's get you on next week, because I want you to talk about sales. So with that said, here is Anthony. What's up, man? How you doing, man? I'm I'm excited, man. Yeah, this I'm excited is, to have you on. I'm like the opposite of most trainers, where I hear the word sales and I just get pumped. <laughs> nice. Oh, I love it. Why? Why? Why is that exciting? It's a challenge. It's fun. It's there's so much about it that's. I'm going to prefix psychology major. <laughs> okay. All right. So, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your background and then let's get into this topic. Like, who are you? Tell us about you, uh, where you work, what your education is, and then let's get into talking about some some sales topics. All right. I'm going to have to do the super short version. So do if you're it. interested, like you mentioned, listen to my show. You can learn more about me. But long story short, went to school for psychology, didn't really have a direction in life. I had a really bad accident, ended up immobilized, couldn't move. We've all had these stories where doctors told me, good luck on never living a normal life ever again and take these medicines and have a great day. So didn't want to believe that. And I just worked my butt off to really fix myself, get rid of the pain, fell in love with fitness, nice. and then graduated with a psychology degree. And I was thinking about hopping into going into gyms a little bit, but didn't really want to commit. So my mom looked at me and went, you know, go get your real estate license. I was like, yeah. All right. So went and got my real estate license, quickly learned about how hard that field is. And from there, bounced around gyms, loved it so much, got into personal training, went and actually started my own personal training studio. And now I'm actually opening up location number two. Hey, spring, man. So congrats a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. So with that said, uh, you, you don't open up your second location unless your first location is able to support that and help that. So with that said, I'm assuming that there are some sales that have taken place in there. So let's get on to the topic. How are you beefing up the sales? How are you working with personal trainers? What do personal trainers need to do in order to create from that point of contact when they first are communicating with somebody? How can we increase our sales? And especially 
for those that are uncomfortable with sales, and then also for those who just feel like they're not good at it. I'm going to start with something I always mention during interviews with personal trainers, because I think there's a big disconnect in our industry where people love fitness. Everyone gets into fitness because they love it. It's helped them in some way, shape or form. And that passion is great and all, but the disconnect to how to pull in clients and sell really pushes a lot of people out of our industry. They really expect to come into a club and just be given a bunch of clients and then just train all day and love their, what they do. Hmm. But that's, the truth of the matter is, right, no, not at all. And a lot of them are shocked to hear that studios require them to do some sort of sales. Some require a lot more, some require a lot less, but on the flip side, if you want to build yourself up even more than what that studio can support, or if you're on your own, then you have to be good at sales anyway, because how are you going to get someone to trust you? My favorite example is there's the two most important assets in somebody's life. The first one is their home. That's their biggest financial asset. And when it comes to somebody selling a home, it's who am I going to trust? Who do I, who am I the closest with that will sell my home for me, help get the best? The second most important thing in someone's life is their body. They are entrusting in a trainer to help them better their journey. They don't want to get hurt. They want to see results and they expect that trainer to be knowledgeable enough to help them. And that's why training is one of the hardest, if not the hardest industry to really get good at and push forward. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. It was just an interesting topic. And I want to get your, your thoughts on this because I think it's just such a beautiful way to state it. I had a podcast with a guest named Kelly McGonigal, and she said in the fitness profession, she believes it is important to think about what your workouts that you're providing as a gift. Think about what you do to somebody with somebody in a workout as a gift. And that changes your mindset. Your mindset is, you know, it, it can oftentimes be transactional. I do this, this amount of time, when it's over, I don't see you again. But changing the perspective of gifting somebody. Now, I'm not saying give it away for free, but think of it as a gift, something special to provide to somebody. I love the mindset aspect you mentioned of it. And I want to, I'm actually, I'll start there because I see it a lot and it's something that's super important. If you truly love fitness, if fitness is your bread and butter and you really honestly believe that fitness can help everybody, then sales is the easiest thing in the world because it's a mindset of believing that how important fitness is to you. So if you can't convince your parents, your siblings, your close friends, your family, then why are you in this industry? Because I believe that fitness can help everyone. I truly believe that every single person in the world should have a personal trainer. And I'm not just saying that because I, I want to make a lot of money or whatever it is, but I truly value what I do and what other trainers provide and the importance of keeping you accountable and pushing you in the right direction and watching you succeed that I think everyone should do it. And there's people are afraid to ask their closest inner circle. And I don't know 
why that's the case. Maybe it's a mindset. Maybe they think they're being too salesy to their friends and family and don't want to burden it. But in my eyes, like if you truly love somebody and you want to do the best for them and you think fitness is that option, why wouldn't you train them? Or why wouldn't you recommend them if they live in the state with another trainer? So that's, that's the best place to start. And I love that mindset analogy. Yeah. What about this? So I know, um, you know, just working with people throughout the years, I have suggested that every trainer at some point purchase personal training from another trainer, not trade, not say I train you, you train me, but spend money as a client to be trained by another fitness professional. And the reason I do that is to point out the value of the session that you are now on the client side. So what efforts being put in, what is the trainer providing for you? And you can really see that now if you're the person paying the money for it. And listen, you don't have to buy a, a huge package or anything like that. I'm just saying pull money out of your pocket and spend it on somebody else that is a good quality trainer so that you can see from that perspective what it is they do, what the program looks like, how they set it up, how they deliver it, all of these amazing things because you are in the client's shoes. And if you don't put yourself in the client's shoes, a lot of times you don't know what they're looking for. And now you do. And I think that's important. Yeah, I've, I couldn't agree more on that. It's putting yourself in the client's shoes to see and understand what the value of personal training is. And you can do this in so many different assets. You can hire a trainer. You could trade with other trainers if you want, but I do believe the importance of like training with somebody. And then on top of that, it's my biggest compliment. And we talked about this on my show, like a little bit, of, but I want to re-emphasize this. My, the best thing I can do for a client, one of my clients is help them become a personal trainer. Nah. Because yeah. now they've seen both sides. They started up as a client in need. They came in, I taught them everything I knew. I'm, I'm not hiding anything. And I don't believe in that whatsoever. If you're still a trainer trying to hide your value, trust me, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Right. Teach these clients every little thing, you as much as you know, if not more. And then what sometimes will happen is in return, these clients will actually become trainers. And now you change someone's life to a new level. And that's why we supposed to be in this industry is not for the money, but as opposed to be for helping people and the money will come the more you help. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, if, uh, if, if you do the right things, then you are going to get the clients, you're going to get the money. Uh, if you're truly interested in helping people, and this is where I find, I don't know, uh, I assume probably the same, but I don't want to do that, is that the more you're going after the sale, the less you're focused on the benefits for the outcomes for the client. And that if you're truly interested in people, then sales aren't that aren't as challenging because it is no longer about you and how uncomfortable you feel. It is about them and how comfortable you make them feel. And when you make it about them, then it becomes much easier to, to work with somebody. And you don't even have to really ask for the sale. At some point, you can also just say things like, hey, really enjoyed doing this. Maybe the complimentary session that a lot of people give away when they first uh, start training at a corporate facility, 
right? So you did this complimentary session, you show your value. And at the end of it, you just say, hey, I'd love to work with you if it seems like something that you want to do. Uh, then, and if you have the means and the time to make it happen, this is my availability. And here's the form on how much it costs. If you have any questions, please let me know. And not being pushy about anything, but also following up. And the follow-up, I think, is very important too, where you're not asking for the sale, but you're following up to say, hey, I know that we did uh, an introductory you know, orientation. We didn't work out very much, but I just want to check and see how you feel, how your body's doing. And following up with people in that way allows them to be like, oh my gosh, here's another interaction. I didn't feel like I was being pitched to. I didn't feel like I was being sold. I actually felt like this person cared about me. And again, the price that you your clients pay is never too much provided the value meets or surpasses the price. I, I want to, I think this is a great starting point. I'm going to teach all of your listeners from start to finish every single step Sweet. how to do better. Because I want to help everyone. And like I said, pre-beginning of this show, I'd rather see the world get healthier and I don't care where yeah. you are. So that means we need a lot more trainers and all these trainers need to be really good at sales and let's change lives. So Rick, if you're okay with it, I want to dive into, cause you just kind of set me up right there from start to end where, how to get a sale and how to, what I like to call create relationships. Okay. All right, cool. So with that being said, I want to reintroduce you guys. This is Anthony Amen, and he is he's a studio owner in, in New York, out in Long Island, correct? Correct. Yeah, That's so he's out in Long Island, has one studio, about to open his second studio, has the Health and Fitness Redefined podcast, and I was on that last week, so you get a chance to go over and check out my episode of his show and then all the other episodes as well. But he's going to be talking to us about sales, and he's about to knock it out. So here it goes. Go for it, brother. So personal training, personal training is a personal business. What that means, it's about building relationships. Do not take this service that we offer and think of it as selling uh, a pair of socks or a hat. It's not a product-based industry. We are a purely a service-based industry. So with that being said, there's something I'm going to give full credit to my mother, who I prefaced is a real estate agent in very similar tactics, but don't be a secret agent. <laughs> you don't want to pretend you're James Bond or 007 and you're hiding through the shadows. You want every single person in your sphere of influence, as we call it, to know that you are a trainer. What does that mean? You tell every single person and you figure out how to fit into every single conversation. My favorite openers, hey, what do you do for a living? I'm prefacing someone to find out more information about them. And then in return, they're going to ask me, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm actually a studio owner and we do one-on-one -on -one personal training all the time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that way. So step one is go out in public. Yeah. Unfortunately, like Facebook's great. Putting ads out is fine. Marketing and all that stuff. It's not my cup of tea. I am all about relationship building. And how do you build the relationships, guys? You go out in the world and you join as many groups as you possibly can. And this is how I started. I was in three chamber of commerces, two networking groups, 
I was in a couple of intramural sports. I got myself involved in different industries because I wanted to tell the world this. I'm Anthony and I'm a personal trainer. And this is what I do with my nice. staff. Now we go out and market and network everywhere. We just wrapped up October and we did 22 events in the month what? of October. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> because like I said, it's about building relationships. This is how you sell. You, you're not selling. You're creating a relationship with somebody. And Rick, how do you create a relationship with somebody? You gotta, you gotta engage. Engage in conversation, build rapport, find out who they are, find out what they do for a living. Ask a lot of questions. The best way to get somebody to trust you is for you to ask them questions. People love talking about themselves. It's our favorite thing in the world. <laughs> and you always find out that if, test this theory, trust me, it works, I've tested it. When you just constantly ask someone questions and dig more and more into their lives and active listen, which means if someone says, oh, uh, I'm an operations manager at Sears. Oh, that's awesome. So you're an operations manager. See, what does that job exactly entail? So I'm showing that I'm listening and then asking more questions to follow up through it. That person's going to keep talking. Before you know it, they're going to go home and be like, wow, that guy Anthony was such a good guy. And then you start creating relationships. Now what do I do? I'm going to make sure I get the contact information, right? So I want to get somebody's phone number, email. I prefer phone numbers over emails just because, like I said, a little more personal. How do you talk to friends? In our generation, I, this... I'm going to date myself. I love phone calls, but in our generation, everyone loves text messages. That's how you create relationships. So I meet somebody, we chat a little bit, shoot them a text. Hey, nice meeting him today. I've really appreciated our conversation. And then I'm just engaging in conversations. I'm not pushing. Oh my gosh, I'm a trainer and I do this. I'm getting to know somebody and I'm creating that trust and relationship with somebody and maybe I'll be friends with them. Maybe not. Who knows? But like I said in the beginning, this is a personal business. And that's what it's all about. It's going to talk to everybody and just creating relationships and kind of gearing it that way. Does that make sense? It does. Let me ask you a question about for some of the, the folks that are out there who maybe are a little... Uh, a little bit more introverted. So yeah. they, they, you know, doing that, reaching out, going out, go, being out, <laughs> like that's just not, it's not in their DNA and who they are. What are some of the ways that you encourage people that just don't have the, you know, I'm, I'm the mayor of the, the gym mentality. How did, how did they reach out? How did they engage with people? Great question. So my fiance and a couple of my other trainers are super introverts. Okay. <laughs> so I've, obviously you have different people from all walks of life, but I'm going to state this. There's introverts, there's extroverts, there's people, everyone's different, right? So if I have this super extroverted approach, there's going to be times where I'm not going to vibe with somebody. Right. Or maybe I won't vibe with someone who's super introverted or maybe we don't have some similarities we can't find out about. So, but at being an introvert, even if you're not going out and playing mayor and it's more comfortable for you to be in a big group and maybe talk to someone one-on-one, -on -one, other people are going to like that better because there's introverts like you out there. That's right. So it's 
still creating relationships and working with people who are similar. A benefit I have of being a studio, and if you're an independent trainer, I'm just going to tell you right now, hook up with other independent trainers. Because as we know in this industry, if you don't vibe personally with your client, if your personalities are, it's going to burn down in flames, regardless of how good of a trainer you are. So what I always do is I, when it was just me, I referred out or I now just swap with my trainers. I'll be like, you know what? I have a great trainer for you. Try this person because everyone has a different personality. So if I'm meeting someone we're not pushing, I'm going to send them off. And if you could find as an independent trainer, somebody else with that same mentality, you two are completely different types of people. Mm. What can happen now is that you guys can work on building each other's schedules because you both have the understanding if we don't get along, this isn't happening. <laughs> right. And you've had that happen before, I'm assuming, where it's just like, ass ah, not working. Oh, my gosh, multiple times. <laughs> I am super outgoing, super energetic. I say super a lot clearly. <laughs> a lot, some people just, they're not about that. They want a trainer who's quieter, who's a little, talks down a little more. And I'm the kind of person who's like, Ah, do this. Now we're bouncing right, right. this. Now we're bouncing in this. So it, there's a lot of times where I'll just refer out to the trainers and now to my trainers and staff. We'll pass around, we'll trade. We work heavily with each other. I don't believe in everyone for themselves mentality. Teamwork right. is key, regardless if you are the only person in your business or you work in a studio with other trainers. Don't think of it as every man for themselves. Instead, think of it as let's all work together on this. Because then back to my first point, where if you're going out to these groups and you're not mayor, you're kind of shyer. If you buddied with another trainer, it is a lot easier to talk to people when there's two of you. It's a lot easier to go to these bigger events when there's two of you, or maybe there's three of you. And now it's all right, three of us are going, we all know each other. And then it's easy for us to kind of branch off, kind of stay together. And that will help a lot of introverts really get out there because they have somebody there that they know because they came with them. Right. Gotcha. All right. So take us through some additional steps that we were, you were talking about earlier. Again, this is Anthony Amen, who is going to be, he was talking about sales today for personal trainers and making sure fitness professionals uh, are are providing sales to their potential clients, not like marketing and how do I make that first contact, but from the time when I first connect with somebody, then what? So we're talking about engaging with people, making sure that we're talking with people, making sure that we're not trying to necessarily push the sales, but we have to engage. We have to let them know who we are and what we do. And then we have to learn as much as we can about them. Once we do that, then what's our next, what's a, what's a potential next step that we can go through? I just, the first step is the most important, which is why I spent the most time on it. <laughs> Out of everything, if you don't get step one down, the rest are just going to fall apart. So yeah. that step one is getting out, getting to know what's step two. Step two is everyone's favorite part. You're one, talking about why you do what you do. There's a process in an elevator pitch called Start With Why. If you have not read that book, go pick it up right now. You're not 
just talking about what you do. You're saying why you do something and then into what and where. Yeah. Simon and, Sinek, right? Oh, oh my gosh. It's a great book. Yeah. I make all my trainers read it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that's, that's the most important thing. And then from there it's asking. Now you're going to ask if someone gives interest, Oh my gosh, find out more. The worst thing you can say is great. We'll be in touch. What's going to happen? You're never going to get back in touch with that person. It's going to be a lot harder. So it's going to be then asking. We give away a free fitness assessment. It's not a workout. It's an assessment. Okay. Where we do 15 minutes of getting to know somebody. We're sitting down on the couch just talking. We're doing 15 minutes on the floor, which is a set number. It's exercises that every single person does. And then we're evaluating. And then we go into the cell. But I'll get into that in a little bit. But that's what we're giving away. Now, I want to get someone to book that. I need to get them in my door. That is the most important thing, have them show up. So what I'm going to be doing now is when they're showing interest, oh, that's awesome. So today is Monday, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. And I met someone on a Monday and I'm out, we're talking, they're showing interest. Like, great, we offer free personal training assessment. Just come down. We're going to get it booked up. So today's Monday. How does Tuesday or Wednesday look for you? You see what I did there? Oh, yeah. I didn't say what day this week works for you. They're going to put it off. I have a very strict 48-hour rule. What that means is if you don't get that assessment booked within 48 hours, the chance of that person showing up are slim to none because something in life and it's no longer become a priority. People have, or most people, have the next two days planned, like mostly in the calendar. So it's very unlikely something's going to hop in. So if you can get it booked within those two days, you have a lot better shot of that person coming in. And I'm not yet again asking what day. I'm saying Tuesday or Wednesday. They're going to pick a day. The next question is going to be morning or nights. See what I did? I give two options. Morning or nights. What do you like better? Mornings. Great. We have a 6 a.m. and a 9 a.m. What time works better for you? 6 a.m. Awesome. Let me get your name, email, phone number, and put you right in. Boom. Book it on the spot. Nice. A or B. A or B. That is it. You know, A couple of things come awry when people say, well, what time works for you? And then the person will get frustrated trying to figure it out or they'll put it off to a later time because they think they need more time than they actually do. People will make times work if they can. If it's really an issue, which is super rare, they'll be like, well, I really can't do nine. Can you please do like 10? Over 10 30, that works. Awesome. Let's do that. You don't want to make it seem like your schedule's open. Even if you don't have a single client booked, if you don't seem busy, people are going to think there's something wrong with you or <laughs> they're not good. They want the best of the best. You ever go to those busy restaurants? There's a line waiting outside that one and there's no one in that restaurant. I can get in that restaurant right away, but why is there a line at that one? I'm going to that one. <laughs> yeah. I tell people all the time, people love training with the trainers that train. So if, if you're, I even, I even say this in order to get people to ramp up those complimentary like assessments and things like that, because nobody knows you're doing an assessment. They just see you working and there are trainers that aren't working. And if you can book your schedule even if it's comps, then you are still providing services. You're, it's a numbers game. And the fact that all the other people who may be interested are seeing you as somebody that's working. 
And that's what I did when I first started. I was like, I hate just working the floor. I'm bored out of my mind. I've already cleaned up my section. I've already cleaned up everybody else's section. I, I want to do something. And so I, I trained. I, I worked. I pulled people aside and said, hey, I see you're working your back. You want me to I can take you through just like a 15-minute back program, like a workout if you want to do that. You want to do an ab program. Can I get you on a cardio thing? Well, can I get you set up for our complimentary blah, 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 whatever, you know what I mean? Like just talking, talking and meeting people. And then once you start doing that, just spend some time focusing on them because what you're trying to do is not necessarily, not necessarily show how great you are. I think that's important, but it's about showing how important they are to you is really the pitch here. Yeah. That's the most important part. So you get someone booked on an assessment and this is where a lot of people will then get nervous moving on to the next step, mm-hmm. which is going to be they're coming into your studio, your big box gym, your at home gym, whatever the case may be is now the person comes to the assessment. A couple of rules of thumb, Rick, and you mentioned one of them and I want to reemphasize that. And that is cleanliness. Yeah. If someone's walking into a gym, and it looks gross, they are walking immediately out. How can you expect someone to pay the amount of money that personal training goes for if it looks gross? So as a trainer, and I've worked at the big box gyms, I get it. People leave their weights everywhere. Mm -hmm. If I knew I had an assessment coming in, I got there half an hour early, and I cleaned the entire gym from head to toe to make sure it looked good when that person walked in. That is a huge part of sales. Take that responsibility, take that extra time and clean up the gym. And if you're doing that, that means you're already accomplishing the next most important thing, which is show up early. If you, your client yeah. gets there before you, you're not getting a the sale. They, people hate sitting around. Things start coming across their minds. They want to come in, be greeted. That's it. Do not show up late. People will come early. So you need to be earlier. We have a 10 minutes before your session rule is ours because our gym, I can tell you right now, is the cleanest place you'll ever walk into in your life. We sterilize it four times a day. So it is very clean because that's what people expect out of a small studio. So regardless of what the situation may be, your place is clean and you're early. This is all pre them coming. This is fun. Like I listen to this, it almost sounds like um, like, like something your parents would say, because it's just the things that you're supposed to do. And so you're being taught this. And, and I think it's funny cause I don't, I don't mean that to sound bad. I mean it to sound like, like it's, it's, it's common sense almost. And yet, and yet it's oftentimes not taken advantage of. What do you need to do? You need to come in early. You need to make sure that you are tidy. You need to make sure your facility is tidy. Uh, your engagement, you prioritizing other people over yourself when it comes to service. Uh, all of these things are vitally important. And and I think that, that they almost seem so matter of fact that people don't think about them. It's almost like it's too simple to do. So sometimes we don't do it because we think that there's a magic bullet that's going to, to, to make this happen. And it's not. It's a bunch of little things 
that prove to be what needs to be done in order to get people to want to participate with you and give you money for a service that you can provide. And I'm just going to efforts before we get to the end. I missed one sale in the last three years. Oh, wow. I have a 97% close rate since the day we opened our studio three years ago. And my staff has an 87% close rate. That's awesome. So these are, these are real numbers. These, I'm not just making this up. <laughs> so listen through this whole, it, like you said, it sounds simple. And that's the beauty of it. It's so simple that anybody can do it because you're just being you and you can take your numbers and skyrocket. If I know someone's walking through that door, I know they're signing up. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. And you can get to that stage too, which I want to, I want to hop into it. Cause I know that we're, this is a long process. So I really want to try to shorten and keep it sweet as possible, but it's, systemized and every single one of my trainers does this exact same thing every single time. There's no change, right? That's the rule. But regardless, someone comes in for an assessment, right? There's something called end of the world. That means the second that person walks through the door, I don't care what you are doing, whatever it may be, you are walking up to them and greeting them. The world ends, boom. They're the most important thing right now. If you have your phone on you, you might as well kiss the cell goodbye. And if they see you texting or looking down or whatever it may be, you're not getting a sale. So put your phone in a different room because you don't want it going off while you're talking to this person. This is their time now. Mm. This goes on with while you're training as well and greet the person. Now you go into your assessment. Like I mentioned for ours, I'm going to stick to our assessment because this is something that took me months to create so and you can obviously change this for whatever suits your needs but first part getting to know somebody i want to point out rick i do have a desk in my office but i also have a couch and when somebody comes in for an assessment we go into my office to get to another person and build more rapport with them and i sit next to them on the couch i do not sit across someone on a desk why well, think about how that looks sitting across from somebody on a desk. It's instantly become a salesy, hasn't it? What did I say in the beginning? This is a personal relationship. You're close with that person. You built rapport with that person. They know you. So now you're going to sit next to them as equals instead of across to someone on a desk. Probe at this point. Find out everything you can about this person and why they want your help. Something called the five whys. You have to ask why five times in order to get the real reason why somebody's there. Hmm. And it should be some kind of emotional trigger, which could range from the doctor told them to lose weight. They have a wedding coming up, whatever it may be. Keep probing to get the real answer about why they are there because that's going to help you a lot. And then the third question. I, I don't know how to preface this, and I don't mean this in... A bad way and i just want to state that it's just something we do for law of averages but ask what they do for a living you find out a couple things you find out if they're sitting all day you find out if they're doing repetitive motions which can cause injuries and then you're kind of getting a rough idea about how someone makes about how much because you never want to scare somebody away so that's the next thing then we're going to go into the floor like i said we're doing a set number of exercise, we're 
grading them out of 100%. And then we always emphasize that we're going to redo this assessment every month to watch improvement. And then from there, we go back into the office. And I think this is where most people get nervous and fail. Yeah. Right yeah. at this point, right when they know the assessment part's over and now you got to get them to pay money. <laughs> right. So, and the client knows that. So now you have the client that knows they just finished and knows they're going back into the office is also super nervous. So like I said, when they come back into the office, you don't sit across on a desk. I have a couch. Or if you have a desk, you come to the side of them. Treat them as equals. They are equals. Everyone's the same. And then you make a really bad joke. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care what kind of humor you have. You want to make the person relax. You heard how we were getting tense just even thinking about that part going to the office. And then I said, make a really bad joke. And then he relaxed all of a sudden. You came down like 10 notches. Yeah. That's how important it is. I'll usually sit someone down and be like, all right, you had a great assessment. So I just wanted to let you know for personal training, it's a million dollars a week. We take only cash on a briefcase at my desk at 12 noon. And the combination has to be two, three, four, five. Nice. And the person kind of looks at me and then goes, and they get it to joke and laugh. <laughs> I kill. I just. Where they are? They like this is Long Island. I'm not sure if we're joking or not. That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> might have to raise that number. <laughs> it's now ten million. Yeah, right. <laughs> to fit what's going on here. But you can like, it could be anything that fits your personality. Whatever yeah. it may be, make the get the person to relax. It helps you relax. It just lowers the stress in the room. Yeah. And then it's just talking. What did you think? And they explain, well, this is what I saw, A, B, C, D, E. And you can go into this cell. There's a couple ways of doing this. And back to how we booked an assessment. Do you remember what I said about how to book an assessment? I know we're going way back. A or B. So we have three different options in our studio. We have unlimited personal training, 30-minute sessions, 45-minute sessions. I'm going to say, based upon the assessment, I'm validating our assessment that we did on the floor and going, I think we need to do half-an-hour sessions. I don't think you need 45 minutes. That's more for people who need more hand-holding and and or or athletes. We were trying to lose weight. We can do HIIT workouts in about 30 minutes. And based upon your availability that you gave me, because you gathered all this information pre, I believe you do best at either two or three times a week. Here are the prices. Which one do you think? Nice. A or B. You never want to go, here are seven different options laid out. Please take three hours and read this pamphlet as I describe <laughs> every single one. And then you instantly forget and you get overwhelmed and leave me. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We don't want that person getting overwhelmed. And I'm not going to, I'm going to probe back to something I asked about occupation where I'm not selling an unlimited personal training package, which runs a thousand dollars a month to somebody who I feel can't really afford that because that's going to financially stress that person. I don't want somebody ever, ever, ever to feel financially stressed in our gym because stress makes you gain weight. 
and it just does so many bad things to us. I don't want you to stress. So I'm going to stick with something which I think is right. I'm going to give two options. And if that person feels like they can afford the more expensive option, they'll choose it. But it's not for me to push a most expensive package. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying this is honestly what I think is best suited for you. This is my honest opinion. I have taken people and sold once a week training, which is our cheapest option because I really thought it was the best option for them. Not because it made me the most money, but because I truly felt like this is the best thing for them. I gave them A or B once or twice. They picked once. This is awesome. I don't care. This is the best thing place we can be right now. And you know what? We can always upgrade later. So it's up to them. But asking for the sale, and I'm sure you've heard this in every sales podcast you've ever listened to in your life, you need to ask for it. So what do you think? How does this sound for you? Which option do you like better? A or B? Hey, would you like let's get, would you like to get started today? Sure. All right, let's get you signed up and ready to go. And then you can go into your company's policy and procedures at that point and get them signed up, et cetera, A, B, C, D, whatever you want to do. Like I said, A or B, not C or D. Hope that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good, too, that you created a system for people to follow because that kind of takes away people going, I don't know what to do. Like you create a system, you follow a system. It's a proven system for you and your company, where you are, what you're doing, your clients that are coming into you. That's what works. And, you know, I, I think at, at some point, and this is why we do programming and we talk about the OPT model so much because we believe in programming and programming is one of the harder things for people to actually figure out and do. So, we created a system, right? Follow a system. When it comes to building a business, no matter what you do in business, it's not a bunch of random things. It's always a system. You systematize everything that you do. So in sales, you found a system that works for you and your clients and your uh, your staff that's at the location. Here is the, the Anthony Amen, the redefined system that we want you to employ. And that way everybody can get comfortable. And it doesn't always feel like something new every time that you're trying to figure out. You follow the system and you figured out the system. And the most important part of the system is getting to know someone. And that's definitely where you let your individual light shine where you as an individual, like a lot of times we say, you know, in, in the system here, here's the outline, you just color within the lines, right? But you, you color it the way that fits you and who you are and your personality, but just stay within the lines and follow the system and, and you'll come out on top. Exactly. I think that's the most important thing. Like back to the one is creating relationships and being yourself. Yeah. People want to know people and pretending to be somebody well, this is the worst thing you could possibly do. You want to be you, whatever that may be. I'm a quirky individual. And those that know me can totally attest to that. So I'm quirky when I sell, when I get to know people, when I build relationships, I don't hide anything about my personality when I'm in the gym. I'm me from the second I'm in the gym to the moment I go to bed. I'm the same with families, friends, acquaintances, clients. I am the same exact person. I don't hide anything. So because it's a personal business, it's about building relationships. And if you understand how important building a relationship is with somebody, 
Then when it comes to the sale, then it's easy because now they're friends and you want to help friends. You see someone going down the wrong path. You want to kind of guide them into the right direction. And you shouldn't be afraid to ask close family, friends, best friends to pay you because you need to pay for your time. Your time is super valuable. And if deducting it or making it cheaper for people like that is only going to hurt you. And now you don't have enough time to help more people. And that's what it really all goes back to is we get in this industry to change lives. And if you really believe that, like you're super sold, fitness is for everybody, then it's not selling. It's helping a friend. It's helping somebody in need. It's doing the right thing as a human being. Money is just something that we have to do because you got to pay rent. You got to pay for equipment. You got to pay for employees. Whatever the case may be, there's expenses. Your time is the most valuable asset in the world. So you need to value your own time and how much help you can give somebody. And that's what money has to come in. But you know what? You're changing lives. It does. This person will spend millions if they think it will help them live longer. And you know what? Maybe I'm not going to charge millions, but like, I really think that this is good for you. I really think you're going to see results and I'm going to give you years on your life. How much would you spend on that? That's just, that's how I can see how passionate you are about it. And, you know, I agree with you and we're talking about time and being fair to yourself, not just to the people around you. Uh, with that said, I want to be fair to you and our listeners' times because we have run 46 minutes already. So uh, with that being said, go ahead and close us out with any tips, comments to wrap up before we close out of here and let them know uh, where they can find you and stuff like that. So if they want to reach out to you. There's a reason, like Rick does, that I host a podcast. I do not get paid for my podcast, guys. I do it because I want to change lives. And if you truly believe that you can leave an impact on this world and help as many people as you can, then sales doesn't exist. Then it's just about building relationships, getting to know people. And that's really what it comes down to. Everything in life is a numbers game. So if one out of every 100 people can, will do personal training, let's just say that I'm talking to a thousand people to get 10 clients and it's be yourself. Cause like I said, it's one every hundred based on your personality. So be yourself, get out there. Don't hide behind a computer. Don't hide behind a desk, go network, go market, go to events. And if you need help, reach out to me. I promise you, I will give you as much free advice as possible. Cause like I said, I want to see the world succeed and live longer and feel better. You can get a hold of me at redefine, R-E-D-E-F-I-N-E, hyphenfitness.com is my company's website. You can call us at the gym, 631-743-9906. Even if you're a trainer who wants to ask questions, shoot me an email. Anthony Amen, fitness at gmail.com is my personal email. You're welcome. <laughs> and <laughs> my podcast, Health and Fitness Redefined Podcast with this guy, but Very I appreciate good. it, man. 
Also, if you, uh, I also point out that if you're going to listen to his podcast, you may want to start out with one that was a guest that you're already familiar with. So it's the one that I I'm highly on. recommend. <laughs> uh, with that being said, I want to thank everybody for listening. I hope that you found this uh, inspirational, educational, just supportive for you and your process and what you feel that you can start adding into what you do to help elevate your sales game. And again, it's not always about being the extrovert. It is about um, people and getting to know people and help people. And one of the best sales technique that you can do is just meet people and let them know that you're there for them. And then when it comes time to ask for the sale, don't be afraid to ask for it because you don't get to make the prices in gyms that you work for. So just ask the question and it's not up to you to decide whether or not they make the purchase. It is up for you and only you to provide the value to make that purchase on their part more palatable, to make it worthwhile. So what value are you showing? Thank you to our guest, Anthony Amen. And I want to uh, point you to my email if you have any questions for me, rick.richie at nasm.org. You hit me up on Instagram, DM at dr.rickrichie, R-I-C-H-E-Y. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.